Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Got plenty to talk about, so we need to jump right in. Didn't get to it yesterday uh, with a lot of international stuff to talk about. The stuff going on in uh, Israel. Uh, Israel and Hamas, of course, there is still more happening there. Uh, Ten Americans uh, being held or ten Americans killed, one being held hostage that we know of. Uh, It's not a great situation. The United States getting more involved right now. uh, Congress is trying to scramble to fix the leadership fight so that they can approve of aid to be sent to Israel. Now, a little more locally. Oh, I do want to say also, uh, Congressman George Santos uh, has been indicted on 23 counts, including conspiracy fraud, false statements, falsifying records, aggravated identity theft, money laundering, and more, which is just flagrant politicization of the criminal justice system against a veteran of the Cold War and America's first ambidextrous gold medalist in underwater combat. I hope that the justice system will prevail against such a great American hero as George Santos. Anyway, moving into the local stuff. So early voting was last week, ended on Saturday. This coming Saturday, we have uh, actual election day. So I've been digging into the numbers a bit, trying to find uh, the numbers both for the state and for Lafayette and what really they, they could mean as far as our elections go. There's a decent bit to dig into, but here are some of the key numbers that I really want to hop into. Louisiana overall, 344,878 early voters, and that is down a little bit from 2022 and also down a bit from 2019. I believe that's right, uh, but it is it is down a bit. Um, from 2019, Republicans are definitely up. Democrats are down. That suggests to me there's just a lack of Democrat enthusiasm. And, and that bodes well for a couple races. One, the, the governor's race, obviously. That puts Jeff Landry closer to that 50% margin, that 50% plus one that he would need to escape a primary uh, runoff. I still think he gets the runoff against Sean Wilson. But One of the things that's interesting here, so 45% of early voters are Republican, 40% Democrat. That means 15% uh, identify as independent or other. That could be a case where that benefits somebody like Hunter Lundy. If that shapes the race a bit in Hunter Lundy's favor, that could pose a problem to Sean Wilson. Again, the, the numbers that we've seen in polling, the numbers that we're seeing in this, they suggest a Jeff Landry uh, Sean Wilson runoff. But the, the thing here is that 71% of voters are white, 26% of early voters are black. And here's the thing, early voting favors Democrats. It does. It favors Democrats, not as much as it used to because COVID-19, although a lot of people complain about the increased access to early and mail-in and stuff like that, it has created a new class of voter Uh, the people who are Republican but see more use in mail-in voting because there were more options available. And even though some of those options were taken away, just in general, a lot more people feel comfortable with mail-in and early voting. 
So there are probably a lot more Republicans who are early voting. That could be part of that R up D down number that we saw across the state. Uh, back in 2019, it was like 43.5% and 41.5% Republican to Democrat. Now it's 45% to Democrat, 40 And again, white to black, 71% white to 26% black. That bodes well for Jeff Landry. It's also an interesting development in the Secretary of State's race. Now, we haven't talked about the Secretary of State's race all that much. There's just been no, I've talked to more people who paid close attention to this sort of thing, and they don't have a clue. They really don't have a clue as to how the Secretary of State's race goes. I will tell you that most Republicans and conservatives that I know favor either Nancy Landry or Mike Francis. Mike Francis, it was interesting, he has the money to have put up more of a campaign. He could have thrown in a lot more money than he did, and I think that ultimately favors Nancy Landry. Nancy Landry currently works uh, for Kyle Ardwin, the current Secretary of State, who is stepping down, and, and Nancy Landry wants to take over. I will tell you that I probably favor Nancy Landry because Ardwin's Secretary of State's office has been a very well-run office. And the election system in the state of Louisiana, despite what you have heard, the election system in the state of Louisiana is one of the most secure in the nation. And we routinely are named in the top handful of states that have a very secure and safe election. I would love to see that continue. Nothing against Mike Francis. I just think that continuing the successes of Ardwin's administration would be good for the Secretary of State's office. On the flip side of that, one of the other Republican candidates is uh, Trosclair. And he is pushing for going to all paper ballots. And there have been demos of paper ballots. And the people who have been at those demos, almost to a person that I've talked to, they've been like, this is complicated and needless. We don't need this. We don't need these extra steps, all this paper balloting stuff when we have the system that's currently working. So I know that there is probably an underswell, probably more than I think some people are expecting for for Brandon Trosclair, but I think the Republican side favors Nancy Landry and Mike Francis in particular. The problem is there are so many Republicans running in this race, including as well Clay Schechtsnyder, God help us all, and that may split the Republican vote. But if the Republicans are up in the early voting 45 to 40, there's a problem. There's really one Democrat who's well-known in that race, and that's Gwen Collins-Greenup. She's the one who has run against Kyle Ardwin multiple times. She's the only Democratic candidate, I think, uh, besides John Bell Edwards, who has had multiple runs at a statewide office and actually has kept it fairly close with a united Democratic base there. I, I don't think... You would want Gwen Collins Greenup to be the Secretary of State. I don't think that would be good for the state, but the Republican vote is going to be split. Now, on the flip side of that, she is an African American woman. Only 26% of early voters were black. It depends on how Democrats ended up voting in that particular race. I would suspect they go with the Democrat on the ballot, but you just don't know. That that could end up hurting her a little bit. But if 
most of the Democrats unite, that's about 40% behind her. So we are going to have a runoff in this race. It just depends on who the other Republicans going to be in that race. That will be a very, very interesting one. In the governor's race, like I said, it pretty much favors what we've been expecting, which is Jeff Landry versus Sean Wilson. And then there's the Lafayette numbers. Over 17,000 voters in Lafayette took part in early voting. I want to break those numbers down a little bit and kind of talk about what that could mean for local elections. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Of course, your calls, 232-1542, your messages on the KPL app chat, plenty on the way here, but we'll be back in a moment on Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542 is the number. Or send a message through the KPEL app chat. Shout out to all of you who are either listening through the app or you have your apps downloaded. If you haven't downloaded the app, go to your Apple or Google Play Store, search for KPEL News, and go download the KPEL News app. You can sign up. You can send your uh, messages to the show you can listen live right there in case you're out of the service area. Uh, you can hit the button. It comes directly to our phone line. There's a little phone button there. You can call us. Uh, just so many ways to be able to go in and be part of the show. Now, before we continue, I do got to let you know, go to SeizeTheDeal.com immediately. Uh, there are some great deals there that I really want you to take advantage of. SeizeTheDeal.com. Make sure you're on Lafayette when you go. There's a little drop down so you can select to make sure you're in the right market. But when you do, there's some things you need to look at. If you're a big barbecue fan like I am, Dickie's Barbecue Pit, there is a $15 e-voucher there. $7.50 will get you that. And that's some delicious barbecue. We had some here the other day. It was phenomenal. Uh, Pizza Amore just opened up in Karen Crow. $15 e-voucher there as well for just $7.50. Uh, took my kids there. They loved it. So if you want some good options for eating, there's a Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Karen Crow. So both of those options in Karen Crow right now, if you are from Karen or you live in Karen Crow like me, those are two great options there. You can find that on SeizeTheDeal.com. Make sure you're in the Lafayette section to be able to pick that up. Lots of great deals going on right now. Okay, so before we take the break, I do want to mention some of the Lafayette numbers because I think there's a bit to break down there as well. If you are affiliated with a local candidate, I'm asking you, please, please don't send me angry text messages for my breakdown of the state of some races. But let me give you the numbers. We'll take the break. Then I'll give you that breakdown a little bit later. All right. 17,183 total Lafayette voters. It's about 5,000 more than in 2019. So Lafayette's a bit more motivated this year than in 2019. 79% white, 18% black voter in early voting in Lafayette Parish. Here's the interesting thing. 52% of those who early voted were Republican voters. That's up 2% from 2019. 32% Democrat, which is actually down 1% from 2019. So a lot more Republican enthusiasm in Lafayette, which is going to play out in interesting ways. There are a lot of races that are getting attention one of the big ones, obviously, the mayor-president race here in Lafayette Parish. I've spoken with a lot of people behind the scenes. And the feeling is kind of mutual. or The, the feeling is, is, is 
not mutual. Uh, the feeling is kind of shared by a lot of these people that is going to come down to a runoff between the incumbent mayor president, Josh Guillory, and Monique Blanco Boulay. And you're hearing the jabs back and forth in the campaign ads. You're hearing, uh, you've heard the stories about the, the restraining order and things like that. We had uh, Greg Logan, uh, city parish attorney, on to talk a little bit about that. Uh, it is a, it's a, it, it's a very, very messy race. And the feeling behind the scenes by a lot of people is that there will be a runoff and it will be Guillory and Boulay. Based on the numbers I just gave you, I'm not exactly sure how that plays out still. You would think that, that benefits Guillory being uh, so many more Republicans than Democrats. Democrats obviously going to rally behind the Blanco name. Um, the Guillory uh, campaign points out in, in various ads and statements that uh, – Boulay has admitted in a podcast that it's impossible to get elected as a Democrat in Lafayette. Uh, and she changed her registration to Republican. But keep in mind, there's another Republican in the race, and that's Jan Swift. And it's the Jan Swift voters, how they ultimately turn out, both in the primary and in the runoff will make or break that race. Let's take this break here at the top of the hour. We will get to a little bit more of a breakdown of that, plus some other races. I'll give you my takes on that, plus your calls, your messages on the KPL app here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. The Joe Cunningham Show, back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Lots to talk about. So let me get back. For those of you just joining us, been going over the numbers for uh, early voting uh, in the state and in Lafayette Parish. Lafayette's early voting numbers, for those of you who missed it, 17,183 according to the Secretary of State's office. Um, it's 5,000 more voters in, than in 2019. So a little bit more voter excitement this election cycle. And I think because there's a lot of drama in some of the local races. 79% of those voters were white, 18% black. The party breakdown is, in my opinion, was very interesting here. 52% Republican. That's up 2% from 2019. 32% Democrat, which is down 1% from... Uh, 2019. So I've been thinking about this a lot today, looking at the numbers, looking at the the very little information that we have on the mayor president's race, because that's the one that has kind of drawn uh, the most headlines. It's drawn the most. Uh, I've, I've, we've heard several ads. We've heard a back and forth between two of the candidates. Uh, like I said before the break, I, I've talked with several people uh, in the political scene here in Lafayette Parish. And the consensus I'm, I'm kind of getting is that most people feel it's going to go to a runoff. It will be uh, a runoff between Josh Guillory, the incumbent mayor president, and Monique Blanco-Boulay. I kind of had that same sense. Um, it wasn't too long ago that I thought that, that maybe Guillory would be able to pull it out, that the anti-Guillory forces 
uh, might be split fairly evenly between uh, Monique Blanco, Boulay, and Jan Swift. But I think that there's a bit more of those forces now than there were. There have been some things that, that some mailers that have gone out. There have been the ads that have gone back and forth. There's the drama last week. There's a lot in play here. So let's just say the 32% of Democrats almost uniformly, let's just say they, they align with the Blanco name. Guillory needs to carry at least 35% of that 52% of the Republican vote. He needs that. Uh, he needs to come out on top. He needs to have momentum going into a runoff. But there's another Republican. All three candidates are Republicans, but that Blanco name in Monique Boulay, uh, in, in, in that, that, that gives her the Democrat support largely. Um, I think some of those Democrats may ultimately be split between uh, Boulay and Swift, but I think the majority are going to stick with the Blanco name. So Jan Swift's voters, it, it, to me, what will be interesting there is how those voters actually break down. The bet that most people are going to want to make is that Swift is a Republican. Those Republicans will just move to the other, quote, Republican in the race. And that would be I mean, uh, the, the, quote, other Republican in the race. Now would be Josh Guillory. I'm just not sure because we don't really know the breakdown of who is a Republican who is voting for the alternative Republican in opposition to Guillory, but then will vote for him in a runoff. And who was very genuinely a, to borrow the phrase from national politics, never Josh, never Guillory, whichever you want to say. I don't know the breakdown on that. And I think that's what's interesting. That's kind of the unknown here. My guess is that you have a decent amount that breaks for Guillory. Better the devil you know than the devil you know. Incumbency is a very big challenge to overcome for any challenger, no matter who you are. There's also the fact that most of the money that might be in opposition to Guillory also knows that they can work with Guillory by and large. He has shown himself to be somebody who works with anybody who comes to the table, at least will engage in the conversation. Whether that goes anywhere, that's up to that person, that business person's interpretation. But a lot of the feeling behind the scene is that, yeah, we may not be necessarily in support of Guillory right now, but if he were to win again, we know we can work with him. That's the feeling I've got from several of the people I've talked to. But there's also the catch to that. It's depending on how well Guillory does in the primary. If Guillory comes away with a fairly significant lead, maybe doesn't get uh does, doesn't avoid the runoff, doesn't get the 50% plus one, but he has a fairly significant lead over the person who will be in second place in that race, then you're looking at, okay, those people will settle in, they'll get behind Guillory. But if it's close, not just voters, but donors sit on the sideline and they just wait for the two candidates to duke it out. And I think that's the, the bigger threat to the Guillory campaign is how do you make sure that if you get into a runoff, those people who were supporting you financially continue to do so? How do you make sure they don't sit on the sidelines because now you look weak? I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying 
How do you fight that perception if it happens? One person I spoke to said, look, the moment you get the results, that's when you start calling donors. That's when you start scheduling fundraisers. That's when you start lining up more money because it's going to be a very long month if you're having a runoff in this race and you are trying to get all of the money you can, all of the airtime you can, trying to make sure that people know that you're the guy in charge, you're the incumbent, look at all the things I did as the incumbent, don't listen to what the other person says, that sort of thing. That's how you would make sure that you stay the favored person in the race because it's going to come down to turnout, but it's also going to come down to how much money can you spend to keep yourself in front of the eyes of voters in a good way. So I think that would be the challenge for the incumbent. Now, on the flip side of that, what's the challenge for Monique blanco Bully? How do you convince Republicans who are not sold on Josh Guillory, how do you keep them from looking at Monique blanco Boule and say, yeah, I'm a Republican you can trust. I'm going to be conservative. I'm not going to raise your taxes. I'm not going to do any of that Democrat stuff. How do you convince those Republican donors of that? They may not be for Guillory, but they're not necessarily for you because you're a lot, you're a lifetime Democrat who changed your party affiliation to run in this race. There's going to be a challenge there, which is why I think probably what ends up happening, if it's close in the primary, a lot of donors just sit out. The ones who didn't support Guillory in the first go round, but aren't really willing to support Boulay in the second round, they may just sit on the sidelines. There's, there'd be a lot of money that sits out. So that has to be taken into consideration. Both candidates have to figure out how to draw them out if it's close. Now, a few weeks ago, if you had asked me, I'd have said it wasn't going to be that close. There may be a runoff, but Guillory is going to go in with a commanding lead. But that's not the sense I'm getting from a lot of folks I've talked to in the background behind the scenes here in Lafayette Parish. A lot of the consensus is they think it'll be a runoff and they don't think it's going to be, uh, they, they think it's going to be close. Scott chiming in on the app, never joshers, kind of like never Trumpers, never joshers, because never Guillory's, it, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. Never joshers, it's, it's, one, it's one syllable that may be at the never joshers out there. Do they go with Blanco? Do they go um, Boule? Do they sit on the sideline or do they eventually go over to Guillory because they're Republican and they don't want to see a Democrat take the reign? Don't know. Don't really know on that. But that is an, an interesting aspect of the race. Then you've got local school board and you've got Bessie because education is actually a big thing. A lot of people are more in tune with the education stuff right now because of everything now happening on the national scene than they have been in quite a while. We have a back and forth between a pack that launched a very dirty assault on Bessie uh, candidate Dr. Eric Knezic, um, but was also in defense of Kevin Birkin, his opponent in that particular race. And then uh, I think there's going to be uh, I think there's going to be you know, a, a comeback to that. From from the Knesset campaign, I've I've heard that there there is a, a something behind the scenes being worked on there, but that that race has gotten dirty as well. But that's two that, that that's two fairly Republican guys running for that education seat. But if you listen to the campaign ads and the Bessie seats, those that are running are Republicans are talking about those national issues a little bit. We got to keep politics out of the classroom. We got to make sure that our kids are getting the read and write and, write and arithmetic. 
You know, they're focusing on those issues. Same thing in some of our school board races. That's some of the things we're talking about. And I'm not saying that it's not an issue. I'm just saying if you pay attention to our, if you really pay attention to our local school board, the the school board members are not really at risk of going super woke. The the elected school board of Lafayette Parish have not really been at risk of going super woke. Um, If you went uh, with the current incumbents, with the exception, I think, of Mary Morrison, who has a really strong conservative challenger in her district, uh, you, you don't lose a whole lot in the school board. Uh, there are a couple of even conservative challengers to Republicans on the board, uh, but the Republicans who are on the board, they haven't really done a terrible job. I don't see any reason to flip away from them. The school board is, the, the school district is going in the right direction. But Bessie is a different matter. We've got this thing going on behind the scenes. There's this fight over lowering standards or, or, or whatever all that fight is. You've got the Bessie board saying one thing. You've got the super state superintendent saying another. Is there back and forth there? Legislators are getting involved. That's bleeding into the state representative and state senate races. There's a lot of this education stuff at play. Which is why I go back to something I was saying a couple weeks ago, and I've said it several times. I can sit here and say all this for you. I can sit here and say... I can tell you what I think. I can tell you who I'd vote for. I can tell you race by race who I think the right choice is. I'd rather not do that. I would rather you guys listen to what I say just on the general topics, listen to my breakdown of the numbers and things like that. And then you go out and and talk to the candidates, call the campaigns, reach out to the campaigns, talk to your friends, talk to your family, find out what what the candidates are about, and you guys make informed decisions. That's really that's way more important to me that you guys are out there working to inform yourselves. And if you think I'm wrong on something, you call and check me on it. You call and, and we'll have that discussion on there. You send the message on the app. It's Tuesday. We've got Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then it's election day. I want to make sure you guys are informed about these races. All right, let's take our final break of the day. When we get back, we'll wrap up the show. Any comments you guys want to make on the app, go ahead and do so. 232-1542 is the number. I don't think I'll have time to get to the phone. Depends on how quickly you can roll through your call if you do try to call in. But we will wrap up the show here, the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Stick around. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to get a last-second shot in at it, got to be very quick, though. Or you can use the KPL app chat to let your uh, thoughts be heard on the show. Try to get those in on the air as I see them come in. Real quick, um, just looking back at the national stuff, uh, Congress is currently rushing to try to figure out its speaker problem. Uh, Congress wants to get money to Israel. The bulk of Congress, minus the squad and some of their Democratic Socialist allies, uh, they they want to get aid to Israel. Now, this is not like Ukraine. Uh, We would more than likely just be sending money to Israel. For Ukraine, what we did was we loaned them money and they would turn around and buy American equipment off of us. That was largely how the Ukrainian aid worked. For Israel, what we tend to do is just give them money. They have the capabilities of building, manufacturing their own military supplies. They just need the money to help with that. We normally appropriate a pretty good 
uh, chunk of change to them. We want to give them more so that they can work to fortify themselves. So that is the state of play on that. Now, real quick before we go, I do want to tell you, like I said earlier, seasonedeal.com, go there. Make sure you're on the Lafayette market, but you can get some great deals there. Acadiana Lanes is offering a $50 action card for arcade and bumper cars, so you can take advantage of that. Just $25 to get part, get that deal. Also, Pizza Artista, $750 will get you a $15 instant voucher to Pizza Artista. All that and more at SeizeTheDeal.com. Go check it out. Make sure you get a chance to swoop in on one of these great deals for you and the family. I'm going to take a 23-hour break. Meanwhile, I'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. You guys have a fantastic day. Talk to you again real soon. The podcast is going to be up shortly. Make sure if you listen to the podcast version of the show on Substack, on Apple, on Spotify, if you're getting it from Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave a rating and a review because the algorithms like that. They see that. They spread the good name of the Joe Cunningham Show far and wide, and that's what we want. Have a great one. Talk to you guys again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Take care.